going out to the rain. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, See you, Tom. Tom. Thanks, right, Tom. Tom Brady. So I used to be a, uh, a, uh, on the well, side. You want to talk about the chat topic of the day or um, why, we, why we got it? Fresh yeah, in sure. the mind? Sure. Fresh in the mind? Yeah. So the, the Bengals, um, the disrespect of the Bengals, uh, to a certain extent, I think is valid. But at the same time, it's two things for me, and it's relatively simple. One, just like the Alabama Crimson Tide this year has been given pass and pass and pass on maybe yeah. their inability to play good football, but then all of a sudden they are ranked fifth in the college football playoffs. And then all of a sudden you still hear people say that Alabama was better than Ohio State, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think that's the problem with the Bengals is that they've had this long history of losing. And at some point, that in and of itself is the reason why they don't get the credit. Well, yeah, when, when you're trying to judge a team and how good it is, you take all the available information that you can have. And part of the available information is what has the team done in the past. So when the Chiefs are, you know, in the AFC Championship for five straight seasons. What do the Bengals have to do, though? Right. No, that's, that's the question. And they appear to be a more complete team than any team in the AFC. You know, they, they appear to have depth at the defensive. They've got an improved offensive line that has Joe Burrow has been sacked the least amount of times in the NFL over the past, like, seven weeks. They've got offensive weapons, though they are getting hurt at a rapid pace. They seem to be a complete team that doesn't rely overly on, you know, their star quarterback like, per se, the Bills do with Josh Allen. Or they don't rely on, you know, the everything that the, the Chiefs involve all the time. So I understand why people are slow to recognize the, the Bengals. As a, the, one of the bigger Bengal fans, I, I know myself, I understand why people are slow to award them as the best team in the AFC. See, some uh, emperor brings up the fact that he thinks that they have to win the Super Bowl for it to go away. I don't know if they really even have to do that. I mean, if they're relevant and they're in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, the Bills, the Bills are up there, and the Bills haven't, yeah, exactly. haven't even Everyone acts like the Bills won an are, AFC Championship. Are, are, are it, and the Bills obviously haven't won a Super Bowl. Bills are a big market team, though. That, are they? Is I mean, Buffalo no. a big market? On, New no. York? Buffalo is not a big market. I mean, I, it comes Did down you to having Buffalo a— Buffalo was a big market team? Yeah, yeah then you said New is, York? Though. That'd be like saying Hang Cleveland on, is Cincinnati. Before before we get any further, let me explain because the Bills Please do. The Bills were really, really good with Phil Sims. They had a really great team for a long time. They pretty much had a dynasty. They ran the AFC for years. In the early nineties, right? In the early nineties. Thirty so years they, ago. I'm just saying like teams like is Pittsburgh a big market team? Well, Pittsburgh. No, won. but they have they have a lot of history there. That's what I'm saying is that the Bills have a bigger history, bigger fan base than the Bengals, and they have a more recent history than the Bengals. The Bills didn't make the postseason for 20 years, Casey. Yeah, Casey, here's what happened. Neither did Cincinnati. That's you, what I'm saying. Have... They did win, make the postseason for 20 years, Casey. They made it six straight years, just last decade. Yeah, I can't defend you on this one, Casey. I'm sorry. But I will say the Bengals are close to getting their flowers. They really are. Yeah. And I think two things happened this year. One thing happened this year that didn't help their cause. One is Joe Burrow and the Bengals came out and did not play well the first few weeks of the sure. season. The narrative immediately was Super Bowl hangover, Super Bowl hangover. Because we've was, seen it before, right? It was relatively valid. Falcons I don't need to go back into the archives for all of the fandoms of the Bengals fans here to say, yeah. you guys were down and out. Hell, Lance McAllister, uh, McAllister sorry, 
Hell, he had him. He had him out of the postseason. Oh, did you did you see the tweet no. he had? I have to go back and dig it up. I, I I like Lance, but he was saying that they had franchise issues left and right. Blah 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 blah. All all I'm saying is that's part of the narrative, and it takes a little while for that to wear off. And I think that the Bengals can do that if they make the AFC Championship game this year. If they don't, then it'll be maybe, again, a whole other year of the Bengals having to be relevant before they get their flowers. And I got news for you. I'm not going to do the Mahomes bit. I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. But I will say, if Patrick Mahomes is in the same conference as the Bengals, which he will be until the unforeseeable future, I assume he's going to be there forever, you probably you probably are always going to be riding back seat until the national media decides to, to change their narrative on that guy. So I, it might be frustrating. I don't get exactly why maybe the Bengals isn't looked upon as a different type of team this year. But as I've said before, they can lose to almost anybody and they can beat anybody. And that's what the Bengals are this year. We'll see if that changes. But that's the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. Is that the national media is not going to give the Bengals their credit because – they haven't had any sustained history, right? If this same Bengals team were the Steelers, yeah, they'd be talked about every single day on national. Or the media. Eagles, well, right? The Eagles hadn't been good the past few years. I mean, they won the Super Bowl five years ago, but over the past few years, I mean, they just had a they just took a quarterback in the first round two years ago. Philadelphia, a little bit bigger market. Well, that's what I'm saying is is if if they were a bigger, a more popular team, the well, Bengals no would doubt. be, right? You, so you so at the end of the day, them. it comes down to the history of the franchise as to why you don't get your national media attention right. and why you don't get the benefit of the doubt. It's as simple as that. Uh, Tom Brady, really quickly. Mm-hmm. I have this weird thing with Tom to where I used to not stand. I couldn't stand Tom. Yeah. Tom, Tom was like very, you know, he, what? He, he had no personality. You thought, I thought, I'll admit, hand up. I thought he was a system quarterback for a long time. <laughs> can, can I tell you one of my first memories of working at Chatterbox is we're over in the old office and Trace is showing me these clips. He's like, oh, look. And it's just Tom Brady throwing to open receive, receivers. And he's like, oh, look, Tom Brady, the GOAT, greatest of all time, hitting this guy. Who could, ma- who could make that window, throw it through that window? And it's just a dude open my 10 yards. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> After Tom had won, what, his fifth Super Bowl, sixth Super Bowl? I still have a little bit of that, and chat might crush me for saying this. I still have this little bit of thought that Tom Brady was put into unbelievable situations, which is what made him. He did make the plays. I give him, I'll give him his flowers. Listen, he, beat, he, went up to, he went up to Green Bay, and he beat Aaron Rodgers. So that's when, at that point forward, I said, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. He's the greatest <laughs> of all time. I don't care. Fine. Kill me, crucify me, greatest of all time. But he's so much more likable now in Tampa. Like, he's really genuinely, I like him now. Well, he, was, he wasn't behind a rugged curtain of Bill thing. Belichick controlling it, an entire market. But you're right. No, he's, he's a likable guy. I've always thought Tom Brady was likable. I, Even when he played for the Patriots? Yeah. Man. I don't let greatness cloud me. Oh, stop. I don't. I, I lean into greatness. I like when people are constantly at the top. I enjoy that, truthfully. And I know I'm in the minority there. I know it all it takes is a team to be you know at the top of their respective league for three years before you're like, oh, my God, these guys again, the Patriots again, Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship again. I Here's- just think that at some point it becomes annoying when the guy gets all the credit for teams – that he was on when they had the best defensive team in the league. They literally had a defense that gave up like average 10 points a game. It's like, yeah, I mean, 
Of course, he probably is going to play well. He probably is going to go to the Super Bowl. He played in a division. Again, I'm not. I, this was a, this is for me to come out and say I like Tom Brady. But at the time, he played against the Jets, or not the, not the Jets. Excuse me. He played against the Dolphins and the Jets. The Jets, yeah, the Jets and the Bad Bills and the Bills. Yeah, terrible teams. Every year, he's guaranteed a postseason spot. Yeah. So, but anyways, <clears throat> I just like him now. I think he's personable. His time has up. Father time has caught up. He's not yeah. making he's not he's not even making he used to make like some bad throws. He's making a lot of bad throws. He's got to put a lot of Having said throw. all that, there's a, some chance he probably wins this week and I'm not trying to suggest the bad mojo in here and I'm not going to go down the rampage that the Bengals are going to lose because they have done well against the spread and Tampa's done pretty poorly against the spread. Terrible. So, you can hang your hat on that. I know Casey's been caught up on that three and a half point line. Which if you Casey, which if you didn't that know, was an all-time moment know, in the show. More that than a field goal, and you have to get four to cover. That's that's why I said. We we know <laughs> it was it was redundant. It was awesome. Um, I was just letting the chat know in case they don't know what a three and a half point spread means. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, chat <laughs> chat should probably know they got to get they got to win by more than a touchdown to cover that. Got to get four. <laughs> oh my god! It was. It was. That I mean, was you can just say you're welcome, guys. Thank like, you. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you. I, thank you. You're right. Thank, thank you. you, Casey. Thank you, Casey. <laughs> All right. Oh, also, so, wait. Go while ahead. While we're talking about the show today, ooh. Oh man. Was yeah. I the only one that found the Ron Burgundy thing as funny as it was? You. Uh, so you it was definitely <laughs> funny. You laughing added to the enjoyment. It, it was. It was. <laughs> yeah. It was. I mean, him being like. I'm Ron Burgundy. Like literally doing the Ron Burgundy was just the best moment. It was. It funny. was worlds colliding. It was. Well, that wasn't the best moment in the show today. The best moment was when, when he asked if Marty should start an only. Oh yeah, that was it. amazing. No, this show, this this show was off the rails with with, with gold. It was, it gold, was there was gold all over the place. Off today the rails. I'll tell you what though about Tom. I mean, they 14 teams are going to make the postseason. The Bucks are more than likely going to make the postseason. They've got out of the fourteen teams that are make the postseason, they probably have the worst roster. And that being said, oh, Tom's here we go. Tom's not one of the guys that you want to face. Like if you could list which teams, he's probably fifth or sixth. Like I don't want to face Tom Brady in the postseason. No way, no how. And they're I'll probably the him. worst team. I'll take him in the postseason. Well, we Fair don't. Enough. You don't have to until <laughs> the, 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 big, to, the big game. For you. Until, until the yeah. big game. <laughs> I will say uh, I, I have nostalgia written down. I, I kind of yeah. want people in the chat to share some of the some of their uh, things. So poignant. I was, and I don't. There's probably a better word for this. Maybe I'm not a wordsmith uh, by any means, and I really didn't use those orange vocabulary books when I was in school a whole lot. So my vocabulary is relatively limited. I went down to the Bengals game obviously on Sunday, and I had a situation where I forgot. Cash, big mistake, especially when you're trying to park. That's what's wrong with today's generation. <laughs> yeah, no cash. Trying to find a park. I knew in the back of my mind, I was like, you know what, Fountain Square, where I parked all the time when I was uh, in high school and, and even in college, going to Reds games. Good little spot. Yeah, it's a small walk, but just easy in, easy out. Um, always know that the lot, or excuse me, the parking garage is is not going to be full. It's going to be open. You're good to go. I get there, first thing that happens, and this isn't a part of the story, but the first thing that happens is the scariest moment of my life happened on Sunday. I, I pull up to go into the garage, and I have the, uh, the truck. I'm driving the truck. The truck is a little bigger than most trucks, and mm -hmm. I get out to see if it's going to clear. And it's probably, I'm not even joking, Chad and guys in the room, it's like 
I'm less than a foot. I don't know if you've ever done that before. Terrible idea. I did that with your truck in Chicago, but go on. <laughs> Great. Good to know. <laughs> Breaking news. So I go in. I'm literally thinking at any moment I'm going to bust the pipes. There's going to be sprinkler mm -hmm. heads just, just popping off. And I'm, I've, I've literally started uh, a situation where I don't know how to get the, the truck back out of the garage. Yeah. This happens. It's, it's a bad spot. I say that just to say that's, that's part of the story. But I get out of there. Truck's fine, by the way. I start walking down to the stadium. And I have this like really weird thing that happens to me. And I'm sure that has, people in the chat have this happen to, to them from time to time. It's like, I just vividly remember doing the same exact thing going down to the Reds ballpark when I was in high school and college. And at that time, they were good. And obviously, that made me a little sad for a minute. And it took like every bit of 60 seconds for me to shake out of that. I, I, I legit was like all in my feelings for 60 seconds walking down, to just thinking of the memories of the 2010s of the year, 2010s of the world, yeah. the 2012s. And I did what most men do when they get in like, you know, they get in those situations like, ah, I need to get the hell out of here. I'm like, all right, where am I going? I got to get to the Bengals game. Put I, all I, your emotions in a bottle, put it here, and then one day you'll die. <laughs> those yeah. will just, just never I, let I them out. I got rid of those emotions really, really fast. And uh, I'm just wondering, do you guys ever have that happen to you? And if so, when is it? What is it? Or am I the only guy that well, the, just has these weird things that happen to me from time to time that bring up feelings that I'm like, I got to get rid of these. The things that... I don't know if I have the exact same, you know, flood of emotions, but they always make me happy to see. And you're seeing less and less of them every time you go to the ballpark, just because I think of the world that we live in today. Those little knickknacky shops, you know what I'm talking about, that sell the non-licensed red gear and non-licensed T-shirts and yeah. pennants and everything that sit outside the stadium. Some of the vendors. Yeah, those little vendors that sit on the. That sit on the outside of the stadium. You're walking and you pass twenty on the way there, and you're tugging on your dad's shirt like, Dad, come on. Dad, let me come on. This baseball is signed by every player and it's just stamped on there. You know, you're in the middle class, by the way. You know, you're raised in a middle class family. If you bought peanuts outside the stadium and or water outside the stadium, yeah. like that Every is time. that is the total dad middle class move, man. Gotta get it's like, that. we got to son, we got to we got to buy five bottles of water out here. They're like nine dollars in the game. <laughs> $3, is that not the truth? Three dollar peanuts, one dollar <laughs> bottles of water. You get in there, but I. To this day, every time I leave the stadium, I look in those little vendors, be like, oh, what do they got over here? I'm not going to buy anything, but I just remember being a kid just begging for my dad. Hey, can I get this Sammy Sosa t-shirt that they would sell when, when the Cubs would come to town? Those are That's the nostalgia that I, that I live for, just the moments that you, that you spend with your family and your dad and people that mean something to you at the ballpark. Yep. I used to think I, I used to actually think that the Reds were idiots for even letting that letting people bring right, like, in why you bottles. Let, right. What's the point? Like you were still coming anyways. Like why? Oh, you, I can't bring my water in, in it to, anymore. I'm not coming. Every time I go to the Reds game, I see one family. You know, it's a it's a big make, and and it actually makes you blessed to think. I I, just, I used to go to the ball games all the time. My dad would just be like on a, on a th Tuesday night, like, hey, you want to go to the Reds game? Yeah, let's go. We're going down there. But then I see this family, mom and a dad, four kids. And they, they're pulling out peanut butter and jellies for each of the kid. Like, this is this is their big month family thing. And it is so heartwarming to see families still do that. Like, you're just wondering, looking there like, that is the most authentic thing that you can think of Americana. Taking your entire family to the ballpark. 
maybe the kids don't even give two craps about the game, but you're just doing it because that's what you're supposed to do. Do you think that uh, Seth Pryor brings up a point? Do you think that game programs, I have a take on this. Do you think game programs from a nostalgic standpoint will come back at some point in our life because it's just like this, it's just this the cool thing. It's the old rec, it's the record players, right? Like vinyl records are a big deal. Is that is game programs? Well, is there a chance that can, happens? Can, so, you, so you guys know me. Oh man, we are right up. This you, is Paul's. This is Paul's segment. Well, I got. Go I ahead, got, Paul. I got Paul for you because I know where you're gonna go, and I got Paul. One. Still get. Can you give the chat? We got a lot of new people in the chat sure. here. Can you give the chat a little rundown on just kind of like you I live know, in what Hamilton, you, what you so do? Oh, absolutely. Get out of town. Absolutely, yeah. So I still subscribe to the good old fashioned newspaper every morning. Go outside on the way to work. You get the get the newspaper. You throw it back up. On Paul, how old are you? I'm 26 years old. <laughs> still have a landline. You can still dial the house. Cable. Right? Still oh, can never sacrifice cable. You might be 30 seconds behind. <laughs> Paul, is your phone one of those ones that's got the wire on it on the on the wall or no? You, you got a oh, wire. Oh, we got a wire. You got a wire? We got a wire, baby. You don't even have cordless? <laughs> no, it's got a wire. Not even cordless? No, you got to sit there and talk. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. No I'm chance sorry. I'm making Please dinner go. while Please I'm talking keep... on the phone. Please yes. keep going, Paul. But when I was at Notre Dame back in October for that miserable game against Stanford, I went very far out of my way to make a point to go up and get a program and get myself a game program for my first game at Notre Dame Stadium. That's cool. That's cool. I respect. Piece of mo well, that's that's. I wish you know you, you get so many virtual tickets, and I think Sir Boy brought this up. He loves collecting real tickets. Yeah, I love real tickets too. I don't. I don't get many real tickets. And when I went to Dodger Stadium um, in 2020. I made or 2021. I made sure to get a real ticket. Yeah. Um. And any new stadium I go to from here on out, like I'm not. If I go to the Reds game, I'm still gonna use a virtual ticket. I don't need a. I, don't need I a have ticket. a business proposition after you're done with your story. But as for the game program, you guys, you guys want to talk about being a nerd? I sit down and watch Cubs games and keep score on a scorebook, like like a mom or a dad at a ballpark. I can't like, do that. But I literally sit down and I mark the balls and strikes, fly out to shortstop. I still do that. It is the dorkiest thing that I do by far. I love keeping Do you good bring your up. glove to the game? No. All right. That's glove. a hot topic too, I'm sure. No. I don't bring my glove to the game. I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, I think people, people, people bring their gloves to the game. Aaron Judge over, is hitting 60 what, home runs. What, uh, yeah. Chat, really quickly, uh, I want you to put a number. I want you to put a number in the chat. And if it's never, just write never. What age is the cutoff of bringing the glove to the game. What what age? I'm going to go with 13. Okay, so I was going to say 14 or 15 only because if you go to batting practice before the game, then you're old enough to like feel that exhilarating feeling okay, of like catching yeah. a home run. But if you're just going to like sit in section 300 and you're bringing your glove and you're 17, <laughs> I don't know. That's not my style. But maybe it is. I'm, I'm a 13. So you're 14. Guess, That's fair. Sir, what do you got? I never brought my glove to the game ever. So you're a never guy. I I mean you could bring. I don't care if 12 year old kids, 10 year old kids, 9 year old kids bring it. When but does like, Reed Mouse judge somebody based off their age if they have a glove on them? If they're if they're a high school kid and they have a glove on at the game, yeah, I'm judging you. I will say I think there's an age where like between being like a teenager and having a kid where you, maybe you're not bringing your glove to the game, but if you're a dad and you're in solidarity with your little, with your son, yeah, that's, that's you know, cute. then, then, then you're, then you're okay. That's cute. But I, I do, I do think it was fun being like 
14, 15, and you get to the stadium on a summer day, you, yeah. you, you and your friends go down to the stadium because you got nothing else to do, like two and a half hours before the game. Like Nationals Park opened like two and a half hours before the game started. Yeah, and, they, they and you could go and you could watch all of visitors' batting practice, yeah. all of home that. batting practice. You know, you're catching home runs, whatever, but at a certain age, that kind of just You, you want to talk nostalgia. about Really quickly, you know what Tom has, and I, I'm going to ask him if to bring it in here at one point, and I don't know if there's a way we can implement this into the show. Maybe we can get some, like, photocopies of some certain games and bring them up and see if Tom can remember them or not. Tom has his scorecard, which is basically yeah. a huge sheet of a ton of notes. I mean, you talk about a note taker. Yeah. This guy had tons of notes on these games. He has every single card that he's ever called. And now – you got to think about how many games this man called. He has literally a library. He's got years, big old binders this thick of every single game. He just rips one out the other day, starts flip, uh, flipping through it, pulls it out. Oh, it's uh, Breeze versus uh, Rogers, 2000 and whatever. <laughs> Nine, like, right? What the hell? It's wild. I get genuinely it's that's wild. So cool. that's and he, does, I mean, he doesn't. You know, he's not. It's not a break. That's one cool thing about Tom. If you really don't get a chance to know him personally is he really is incredibly humble like he doesn't even think a lot of the things that he did or all that no doubt cool to other people he doesn't really try to go out of his way to be like oh yeah i did this that and the other hell it took us like two months in here to realize that he called the bartman play yeah it's like wild but anyways back to the he nostalgia. never even he never even talks about the games that that he covered no he doesn't he doesn't but no the one thing i will say about paul brought this up with being in solidarity with with your young child bringing up a glove so we bought my dad's house and I was going through all this, these family heirlooms and all this family stuff. I found my dad's a 2000 <laughs> from college what and it is the coolest thing. I mean, it's just in such shitty shape. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, it's 40, 40 plus years old, but he's got this Wilson a 2000 that he wore playing for the Earlham hustling Quakers back in college. Right. And it is, you got to restore it. Right, I've got to take it down to Elkins, down the street <laughs> yeah. in Hamilton, and he'll restore that glove for me. But, yeah, I, that is something that I treasured. I immediately picked it up. I was like, we could throw everything else away. we got to keep this ball. Closed. Last thing before we go to the fraud chart. Uh, so it, it, Tease the fraud chart really fast. Yeah, well, you, guys, it? in the well, the, the fraud chart is I made a chart, an alignment chart of teams that are winning and how fraudy they are. All it's right. in the drive, guys. It's not okay. actually on the – All right, so uh, while they're looking that up um, – not in the drive. But I have on a business. Singular. I have a business idea, and I want the chat to just rip this business idea apart if we don't think it's good. Um, I don't know who's going to do it. I don't have the time to do it. Uh, maybe someone that has some venture capital money can throw some money at it and do it. There needs to be a print shop or a ticketing shop that still makes tickets. And if they don't make tickets, and you can start making tickets, do it. They need to make just email to TKC fake tickets for people. That want essentially a paper ticket to have it memorialized, right? Like I went to last year, I went to the national, everybody does this, right? Everybody has yeah. a game they want and you literally don't have paper tickets anymore. It's gone, completely gone. So how do I immortalize, um, is immortalize the right they, word? You, if you can get those at the stadium. Well, okay. I would also say this, like I was going to the national championship game last year, right? You buy it through StubHub or whatever right. ticketing service. Right. You have it on your phone. The last thing I'm doing, Reed when I'm going to a big game is like going and trying to stand in the line and get a fake ticket or whatever, Yeah. blah, blah, blah. This should be an online service. You can type in the game that you went to. You can type in, and you know what? It's one of those things where 
They don't need to validate it. Who cares? If somebody wants to lie and order a ticket that they didn't go to the game in, then okay, so what? You should be able to click the game you go to. You should be able to put in the section number in the seat. They rip off it. They print off a ticket that they've designed. It doesn't even need to be real. I could care less. It, it, it's, it, it doesn't make any difference. Print it off. Send it in the mail in the, some nice-looking envelope, and boom. Someone tell me this exists. Please tell me. I hope That's one thing I hope. I actually hope that this business already exists because we're not you creating need- it. And I'd like to have some tickets. You would like tickets for the for the national championship and some other games. I mean, I could right. go back and I mean, I'd like to have tickets to the first Packers game I went to or what, whatever. Yeah, it's fair enough. I like Does that it. work? I, I, no, I, I, Am I you can, you, crazy? Can, you can get you can get tickets at the stadium, but yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there's a service where they immortalize a piece of that game for you. I'm sure th- I'm sure that can be without a doubt done. All right, let's get to this let's get to this fraud chart. All right, so. <laughs> I did my best to hastily put together an alignment chart and how this alignment chart is. Casey, just um, shrink it down. The higher you are on this chart, there's four quadrant. The higher you are on this chart, the more you you are winning, currently winning. The farther to the right you are on Mm. this chart, you're for real. So if you're at the bottom, you're a loser. You're on the left, you're a fraud. You're on the right, you're for real. Top, you're winner. So as you can see, the Minnesota Vikings, they're winning quite a bit. Ten game winners. But I think we can all agree, out of any team in the NFL, they're probably the fraudiest. And you look at, just to have a benchmark, the New England Patriots, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, kind of sitting right around that middle to where they're exactly the team that we expect them to be. And they're winning or losing right around there. I don't hate this list. You know, I mean, the I think the Eagles are winning and they're for real as it gets. The Chargers aren't winning as much. But I think they're for real. I think the Commanders are a team that people don't you're talk all, about enough. You're all out on the Vikings. Vikings, yeah. <laughs> the Giants are are there too. Titans. Lee Erickson would be pissed. Yeah, we need him back in the chat. Hang on, I have a question. Yes, yeah, look at my way, Big Pimpin. So you have the Ravens. Barely, barely beyond the parameter of fraud. I think they are probably a little less than how certain people perceive them. They're slightly but you a fraud. Ha- but you have them really high up as winners. I- yeah, they're nine-game winners. Because they're winning. Yeah, they're nine game- they've won nine games. But the winner, what I'm saying is the winner-loser thing is not relative to how many actual Correct, because the, the Bengals are lower when they have the exact same state okay. record. So you're all out on the Vikings. Pretty much. That, okay. That's what we got. Okay. He's all out on the Titans. Out on the Titans. The Giants, I was out on when they were 5-1 and one or 6-1 and one or whatever they were. And so they've we, come crashing back down to earth. So we actually kind of align on how we feel on most of these teams, honestly. I think you have you guys have the Ravens way farther left than I do. I probably I, should have put them right on the line on the the median of for real and fraud. I I would put them right by the the Dolphins. That's where I would have them at. Who's the biggest? Yeah, then you got the Lions down there that are losing, but. They're closer to for real than people realize. I will never discount the Steelers and what they're able to do. Yep. <laughs> I'd put the Texans, the worst team in the NFL, in, in the for real, the for real quadrant. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, was, I was wondering where that was going. But I. But they're I don't not frauds. I, I mean, people it. realize that they're the worst team in the league, so they're probably a little better than people perceive them to be. So the, think of the middle line, the vertical line as perception. Yeah. I mean. The, the, the Packers have beat the, the Bears twice, and they're they're behind them, but I'm not judging them. 
They're higher than them, so they're higher on the winner. They're higher on the winning because they literally that, that the, the winning and losing is nothing has nothing to do with you. <laughs> That's just what they done. Right. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. This is a little bit of a Casey stink list from time to time, but whatever. That's fair. Yeah. The fraud list is better than the fraud charts better than the stink list. So All right. So wonders. this is something you should have. Wow. You have anything to say about the fraud list, boys? Where we? Uh, no, I like this. chart. Fraud chart. Excuse the, me. It's the fair. I mean, there's obviously needs to be some housekeeping on where where teams align with their winning and losing. The the actual factual stuff. But I'm, I'm I feel pretty good about the the left to right, the fraud to for real. Okay. We got to figure out a better phrase than for real. Legit. Real legit. The legit. I like legit. All right. So the final thing that I want to get to today is just about these MLB contracts as Trace has allowed me so honestly. So uh, he's allowed me one baseball topic today. Right. They watch, watch the numbers in the chat just drop. <laughs> We're at 52 right now. The yeah. one thing. We'll be down to 30. Don't say leave is, on purpose. There's a lot to do about the length of these contracts. Carlos Correa signed for 13 years, and Tom brought it up in his show. A lot of people are like, the, the entire front office will be gone. The manager will be gone. Carlos Correa will be 41 when he completes this contract. I think people are hung up in these years, but the years mean nothing, guys. It, they truly mean nothing because all these players care about on these final contracts of their career is the guaranteed money. So $350 million is easier to swallow for the Giants when they spread out that payment amongst 13 years. When you don't have a salary cap, it doesn't matter. You're just trying to keep your salary lower each year. You don't have to fit it out and be like, all right, well, we're getting that off the books. So, so 40 year or 40 a million a year over nine years, you'll do 30 million a year over 14 years. Think of it like a car payment. You'll take a brand new car. Instead of doing the 48 month payment, you do the 72 month payment, getting two years brings your car payment down lower. That's all they're doing. They're just making it so they're not spending as much money each year. They don't care if they're paying $27 million to Carlos Correa when he's 41 years old. They don't. And Carlos Correa doesn't care when he's getting $350 million. He just matters that he's getting $350 million. That's the only point I have to say is don't look at these length of these contracts that are constantly coming out and thinking you know awesome these are ridiculous. That? You know what's awesome about that is that really, really wealthy people are doing what – Poor is a strong word. I don't want to call it poor, but his are doing what some poor people do. What they, about they, the, they're like the, the, you're like ah, I really want this, but I can't really afford it. But uh, so what I'm going to do is yeah, is I'm just going to get I'm going to get this thing and I'm just going to do 72 month payment on it because I can do that. Right, I can I can pay as opposed to the four year payment, the 48 month payment. Yeah, so. and I it's not a terrible strategy, but I think it's one of those things where again MLB is just going to be in a tough spot because. It's always going to be the haves and the haves nots and the have nots have got to find a way to be able to compete with the folks that spend all the money in different ways. And that's where the analytics are interesting. That's where Tom's analytic take can be a little off at times is that you do have to do different things with different franchises to be successful. And that's not the case in the NFL. The NFL has proven, right? It doesn't matter. Every team's relatively equal and we're going to live with the fact that it's going to, it's going to be a national brand. And we're all going to benefit. Rising tide raises all ships in the right, NFL. Right. MLB's not that way. And do you think the NFL will ever go back to the way the game was played eighty years or forty years ago? Griffey is still getting paid by the Reds. In fact, 
Yes. I like bacon. He's, he's the like their third best, highest third bacon. highest player on the Reds right now. He's getting like four million dollars a year. Griffey Jr. is. But do you think that the NFL? So these things are cyclical, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's punch counter punch in the strategy of the sports world to where if a team's going to run the ball a lot, you say, all right, I think we've got this edge in passing a lot. Well, now these teams are opening up the playbook and passing a lot more. Do you think you'll ever come back full circle to the way the game was played back in the 1980s and 90s? I don't know if it'll ever be that. Where there's three running backs in the backfield and you're running the ball, just pounding it down their throat and keeping it low that's, scoring games. That's what's cool about, uh, and I'm not going to turn this into a college football subject, but that is actually what's really cool about college football right now. You so can. you have a couple programs that decided to do the old school yeah. approach. They went out and found the best tight ends in the country. They went out and tried to find, and again, you know, your Georgias and Michigans are always going to be relatively good. They could probably go out and get, for the most part, guys that they want for mostly any position. Mm -hmm. But my point is, is that Michigan and Georgia really have decided to go back to the old school way, which is 12 personnel, 13 personnel and stack the box and say, hey, we're mm -hmm. going to run it for three or four yards of carry, and you're going to wear down because USC's of the world have six foot six, 200-pound linebackers. And the reason that they have that is because they play in a league that if you don't have that, you can't cover five wide wide receivers. So it's this, it's this paradigm well, of, like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, which one prevails. Um, well, and I think college football is, like, right in the middle of that right now. Well, that's what's funny is – Ten years ago, there was few teams in the in college football that ran "quote unquote" pro style under center, single yeah. back, tight ends, and working the whole thing. The most successful teams ran a spread. Rich Rodriguez is of the world, West Virginia. Yeah, ran a spread. Those are the most successful teams. Now in the NFL, you're seeing that very same thing happen. The most successful team, the Chiefs, the Bengals, they're running these spread offenses. And now college football has gone back to where the, the most elite teams are, are back to just saying, hey, we got the biggest guys on the field. We're just going to pound it down your throat. Right. And we'll see if the NFL follows suit. And I wonder if it's um, the reason for that, too, I would say, is a little bit of the rules. You know, I mean, the rules in the NFL have significantly been sure. catered to the offense. It yeah. seems as if it seems as if like one of the best plays in the NFL. And again, I'm not I'm not claiming to be much of a, a football purist and know everything about it. But I'm being serious. If you don't throw five or six or seven balls just completely like just go routes down the field, then you're not then you're not running what I would call an intelligent offense because hell, pass interferences are called a lot. And that's the most probably profitable penalty without question in the league. Throw the ball as far as you can down the field. Hopefully the DB doesn't turn his head. Maybe they trip over themselves. They they push the receiver and they throw a flag and you got a 50 yard penalty. Third third and long, do it more often than not. Because think about the three total outcomes that you can have. Underthrow them just a little bit so that the wide receiver and the defensive back are running into one another. You either get a turnover because they're going to throw an interception, which if it's incomplete, you're going to punt the next play anyways. Yeah. Or you get a you get catches it for a touchdown, or you get a penalty. Yeah. And then not to turn this into the uh, complete college football, but but uh, MK here on the chat says that everyone's gone back to that except for the good old Ryan Day. Listen, Ryan Day, he's a good football coach, but that's if Ryan Day is in such a bad spot right now, guys, because I've been thinking about this. If he doesn't win his next two games, which that's hard to do. Period. They're gonna be they're gonna have it out for his ass. 
next two games in like a, if he doesn't beat Georgia, yeah, they're gonna say, well, they're soft and they don't run the right offense and he doesn't have the. They right don't start with Notre Dame next there. year though, do they? Right, I don't know, but then my then on top of that, let's say they win that game and they lose to Michigan, it's almost worse. It's really he's in a really bad spot. He, right, like, if, right. He does, if he doesn't win the national championship, you guys are gonna kill this man. It's like. It's almost better if they lose to Georgia than than, uh, yeah. to, than to win and lose. Yeah, they, if they win win. and lose to Michigan in the championship. Uh, now that's assuming Michigan just, wins. But. It's just not a fair spot for Ryan Day. I think that you got to also understand as an Ohio State fan, and I'm obviously not. I'm, I'm re- repping the G today. Is like they're without their RB one, their best running back to start the year. They're out him. They're out RB or or, or, or WR one wide receiver one. Which you could say, yeah, Harrison Jr. is a better player than and than. Um, Smith and Jigba. I don't know. I'm not going to argue that. But what I am going to say is that you, still losing one of those guys hurts a lot. And they're right there. They played one bad half of football, and this guy's just getting dragged through the mud. And you've brought this up before, time and time again. What a miserable job. What a miserable fan base. You remember when what Mike. A miserable to- you, fandom. You remember when Mike Tomlin was rumored for being the USC's head coach last year? And he literally got on the microphone. He's like, why the hell would I want to coach in college? Like, why would I want to do that? And College be put, football is brutal. It is brutal. You got to go, gosh, don't get me started on this. You've got to go 11-1 every year to even have some semblance yeah, of a good what, season. To know what you mean. Like, it is bad. It's really – college football is, is, is a job that genuinely is outside of the pay. Yeah. Is it the worst job in sports, being the head football coach of a college? Think about what they're doing right now. Yeah. Think about if you, take, if you take pay aside, which I mean, that's a big part of it, right? I know that's what. Well, okay, part. I would even. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll say this. Keep the pay in there. I don't care. Keep the pay in there. Okay, keep the pay in there. It's still arguably one of the worst jobs, in my opinion. Now, I know you, because I'm taking just basically, and I'm not just saying this because of the Mike Lee situation, but like your health has to matter at some point. Like the grind of doing that. Granted, there's only a few people that I would say like have have stood the test of time, and that's like your Nick Sabans of the world, et cetera, et cetera. But Dabo Sweeney, who used to be the man down in Clemson, hey, give him a couple more years of not being in the in the in the college football playoffs, and then he's on the chopping block. Right now, college football coaches are trying to, and let's just say Ryan Day. Let's use Ryan Day as an example. This man right now is trying to prepare for the college football playoff. He's trying to figure out his NIL situation with recruiting. And the portal just opened. Right. Like, gosh. Forget Christmas, guys. Forget the holiday season. Horrible. Tough. I'm serious. Like, college football, being a college head football coach, one of the worst jobs in school. Thomas might be right, though. Athletic director at a major college is is close because then you get none of the praise that these these head coaches get and all the flack when it it goes bad. You don't – you don't – Listen, I mean, we've talked about John Cunningham on this show before. Yeah, he might get some. He might get some heat, but I mean, sure. Luke Fickle. You're right. You're right. You're right. Luke Fickle. No one's being like, hell. I, I, I honestly, maybe it's because, you know, when was the last time Ohio State's athletic director got heat? Ryan Day's got pitchforks in his shot. front yard. Speaking of head uh, big time college coaches, uh, you want Luke Fickle's in in, in Hamilton, Ohio today. He's at that school down the road. Luke Fickle's in Ohio today? He's in Hamilton, Ohio today. Is that lunch? Right now? Yeah. For what? 
He's at, he's at the Catholic school in town. Oh, he's trying to get Braden Moore? Braden Moore already committed, but yeah, he's he committed to Wisconsin. Braden Moore that much, huh? Yeah, four-star. He's used to play in the front yard with Braden Moore's dad. There you go. All right, All right let's get to the final segment. Well, the second final segment, and that's the today's game of the day. He's going to tell you to stop on this game of the day. Because game, of the days, game of the day. Scam of the day. Scam of the day. All right. Got that little intro. We got that little sound bar. Can't hear anything. We <laughs> got to find a way to make it to where, you know, we got, we're getting hand signals. Right. I feel like I'm staring at the side of a college football field where they got like 10 guys over there giving you like some kind of signals. Was, I have no idea. It was kind of funny. On. It was kind of funny because you were just like, hey, he's going to want us to stop talking. We already started. Yeah. <laughs> he already played it. I saw it. I saw the hand signals. All right. So the scam of the day, and this is, I have a top five worst scams in America, and this is easily in the top five it might be the number one spot but it's pretty simple funerals are the biggest scams one of the biggest scams in this country people go into debt when a person dies 10 the average funeral costs ten thousand dollars to put a man in the ground man or woman in the ground guys i'm gonna say this but before i get into my spiel when i if i die young throw me in the trash just i don't care what you do with my body i don't care most of the time the person doesn't care what they do with their body but you feel entitled to give this person a right ritual burial put them in a nice bedded casket paying thousands of dollars for the nicest casket, and then you just put it in the ground. What other major expense in your life do you get? Pay thousands and thousands of dollars, and the first thing you do with it is put and just get it all dirty. Throw it in the ground, put dirt on top of it. And that's what caskets and funerals are. $10,000 for the average funeral. What are we doing? Can I make a suggestion? If you're yeah. gonna do that, why don't you just buy a car and then get th like thrown off a cliff? Make it like dramatic. <laughs> yes! Just like make it That's all awesome. just go all out. For Casey it. gets it here. Actually, I take it back. If you're gonna spend 10k on my funeral, this is to my family. What a take! Take me to <laughs> the Fort Ancient Bridge. Tell me put Louise. a cinder block on an old beater and take me off the off the bridge, <laughs> and then just let it just be this symbolic. Just going off the bridge. I love it, Casey. Casey's yeah, got I mean, the right idea. But, guys. At one point, I, I was just thinking of something. Is there ever going to become a point where they start selling things that go inside of uh, the caskets or whatever else that would be like. Uh, Canned goods. The, the, water bottles. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, it would almost be something to where, like, just in case something were to happen. Right. You know, your loved one would, would have something, blah, blah, blah. Like, well, you know, I was just, this is a terrible thought of the day. I was just thinking and visualizing, like, some little small TV screen that, that's, like, in there. It's like, yeah, this plays all of the major hits. So, you, you, know, where the, you know where the phrase, saved by the bell, comes from, don't you? Yes. Back, at, back in the Middle Go Ages. Ahead. Yeah, back in the Middle Ages, they would tie strings and run it up through the ground to a bell because... Back in the day, they didn't know what comas were. <laughs> like, like a person would just be there, not dead, but dead, and they would just put them in the ground. And every once in a while, you'd hear, fully put all the dirt on him, you just hear, ding, 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 ding. Like, yep, we got to get this guy out of the ground. He wasn't dead. So that's where the phrase, save, save by the bell, comes from. Good but, show, by the way. It is a good show. I'll say this. 
And this goes to to one last thing about a funeral. If I die young, family, please do not spend ten grand for my funeral. Go to Wrigley Field, sit behind home plate. If you want to do some way to memorialize me, I don't care what you do with my body. You could throw it in the Great Miami River for all I care. But please, if you're going to spend money, do something cool. I mean, don't just buy something expensive and throw it in the ground. That's all I'm saying. It's a tough spot to be. As as, as you feel like you're that, supposed that's to. That's what they have on every human is their emotions of the people that care about the person that died and they want to do whatever they can to make it the best for them. And that's what they're doing. They're just pulling on your emotions like every other good business. Sure. And that's, that, that's where, uh, Casey has found out recently where I found out recently and where Paul is going to find out very soon Oh yeah, Paul. is there's a big expense that you got coming, coming up here soon that you just feel like you don't understand why you're doing it. You just feel like you're supposed to do it. Exactly. And that's, that's the engagement ring. And I really quickly about engagement rings. I'm being serious about this. Kelly, what's Co the Kowalski? new, what's the, what's the, the fake moissanite? Moissanite. Moissanite. Okay. Why isn't that a thing? It is a it, thing. That's what I use. Is a thing. Okay. So it's, it's six, five times. A diamond more is five affordable. times more expensive than moissanite. Yeah. Ridiculous. But I, in my opinion, and this is my fiance's opinion too, moissanite looks better. It's more shinier. It, it's, uh, you can get it in a bigger size. You know, you spend a thousand, two thousand dollars on it and you're getting like double, triple the size rock. Everett Henry, just wait till you pay for the wedding flowers. Good point. Hey, yeah, weddings, wedding weddings are coming Oof. up on the scam of the day. Coming to a scam of the day <laughs> near <laughs> you <laughs> soon. <laughs> All right, what's for lunch today? Yeah, for those that don't know, we do this weird thing at the end of every show where we throw up a bunch of names on a wheel to where we go to lunch. If you have a suggestion, you can put it in the chat. And um, is Panda Express open? I keep putting it on here. Just to... There's no way, right? I'm gonna put it on here. So. Firehouse Subs is opened here in Hamilton. Opened today. Paul's wearing it. Not Firehouse. Shirt I mean Jersey Mike's because Jersey Mike's. he has a TCU shirt. It's free, open, and he likes wearing it because I guess they're in the playoff. It's free. All right. What else are we uh, putting on here? Put Jersey. Did you put Jersey Mike's on there? <laughs> yeah, I put uh, it on there. Raisin Cane's. Everett. <laughs> Everett. Sixty dollars a stem. Cane's is Dude, on there. Weddings are. Weddings are a scam. Yeah, there's a lot of scams around. Around a lot of things they they. By tug, the way, they tug on. Before what you're we spin this wheel, I this isn't a conspiracy theory. This has to be fact, right? The reason that you have engagement rings and the reason that you have weddings in the manner that our society does it is because somebody came up with a huge marketing tactic at the beginning of all this that started this phenomenon of saying you don't care about the person that you love unless you do this. Same with funerals. And that has to be what it is, right? Right, same with and funerals. Right. Like, that's genuinely what this all is. Weddings have always been a celebratory thing, but as for well, spending, celebrating in the manner of you spending all that money has to be some marketing tactic. Right. But no, like engagement rings, they back back in the 1800s, people didn't buy engagement rings. You just you said you want to get married and then yeah. you you wore a ring to symbolize the marriage, which is normally just a What a while. Ring. I mean, who's also, another conspiracy theory I heard the other day that has to be true. Gold Star, love it. Is Walt Disney and Frozen? If we heard, we've heard this, everyone's heard this conspiracy oh, yeah. theory, right? Yeah, so, that he's frozen. What? That he is frozen, personally? Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they, that, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take it from here, and Paul can correct me if I'm wrong. The story goes, the conspiracy goes, is that they named the, the show, or not the show, but the movie in the series, Frozen, so that when you go to Google now and you type in Walt Disney oh. Frozen or you Google Frozen period, 
with it Disney involved movie. at all. It takes you that movie. That's what it comes up with first. Smart. And then boom, buried on the back pages is my man Walt Disney literally being frozen. Yeah, smart. I'm just saying. Hey, man, breaking news on this box lunch. By the way, fantastic day, fantastic show. Thank you to the chat. Go ahead, run the wheel. We'll see what we get. Oh, uh, we we're, we're looking for suggestions here. We for have- those that don't know. Box Lunch runs Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Tom runs every day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Box Lunch comes on right after. I see some new names in the chat. We appreciate some people. I don't know who MK is, but appreciate him being here. Of course, all the regs. Sir Boy, Jolly, Thomas. By the way, is it Thomas or Tomas? It's Thomas. Okay. Tom's just Tom. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, Everett. Andrew Harold. Haven't seen him here before. What about uh? Who's the guy from earlier that I have? That's a good list. That's a good list, guys. Go ahead, spin the wheel. Well, we need we need Hannah off there. Uh, all right, she's gone. There we go. All right. See ya. Mm, See ya, Gold tough. Star. Smell you later. But we don't even have a Gold Star. <laughs> Robbie Twitty, what another guy. Maybe it's before. before. It, it's on the west side. Emperor Starscream, by the way, yesterday hit us with the old. Do you guys do this every day? Like two weeks ago, we what? went. It won. We went. Oh, you were out of town. Yeah, we went, but... Quit worrying about Reed. Just keep running the wheel. The indoor was closed. Yeah, you had to keep trying. Reed was lounging around on a beach. Why are we worried about him? Good thing Panda's gone, because that isn't even open yet. (laughs) That's no lunch. (laughs) Big list today. MK. Hate to see Gina's gone. Muskies talk. He, MK is asking for Muskie's talk, and the reality is, is that Muskie's talk is uh, gonna come when, Paul. When's the next time we should relatively talk about the Muskies? Friday. Eh, Big East play starts Friday. Yeah, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. No New Jersey. Oh race. man. I was gonna do the That's Buffalo tough. Chicken. I really. <laughs> oh, Jersey. <laughs> oh, always Cubs. No, not Canes so again. All right, good. Nice. We're going now Hispanic. We're, we're, these two. Why do these get even on the lid? Why? At some point, these things need to be just dropped off. You could, I, I'm willing to sub Taco Bell for Jersey Mike's. I'm willing to sub Chipotle for Jersey Mike's. Are we just going to Jersey Mike's? <laughs> Spin the wheel. We got we to gotta respect the wheel. Quesarito. Leader of lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Taco Bell it is. Quick lunch. Baja Blast. What other sound bites do you have over there? Uh, so here, hold on. I got. You can't hear him. So. You can't hear him, but well, I got. As soon as you hit him, let us know. It's tired. Well, that we don't have tired yet. Okay, that's not in. That play did nothing. We got the real man. The real tired. man. Leader of men. Leader of men. Uh, and then we got. I think is this yep. a SpongeBob? Yep. Oh, brother! This guy stinks. Chat. We're we're we're, we're leaving right now. I need you to know. Is there anything before tomorrow's show? That we need to have as a soundbite on the soundboard. And we also have a buzzer. We're, we're going to have that well, for that's tomorrow's coming show. Tomorrow. That, well, that, after lunch, that's priority A. We're getting that bad boy ready to roll. <laughs> we just got to switch over to the new graphics package. Exactly. All right, I don't huh? see. I, I mean, we're probably not giving him enough time, which is, which is part of what we do here. You can tweet us. You can tweet yeah. us. Let us know. At Seabox Sports, at Reed Mouse Radio, at Paul Fritchner, at... Seabox Trace. Gates of Hell. Hell. Hi, Tom. There we go. We'll get it in there. (laughs) Gates. By the way, have you ever seen someone so passionate about the NCAA and their rulings than Tom? Okay, here's here's what I will say. And if if 
if it gets brought up again, I'll bring it up. But I didn't want to just keep hammering it. Like clearly, there were, I wasn't changing his mind, so I just didn't. Wanna, <laughs> I did notice that you just backed out. I just Paul. didn't want to keep just... going on about it. But for anybody that's actually like interested in this case and willing to have an open mind about it and read it, ESPN's entire report about this originally that was published, that was the whole deal about what happened and him getting suspended, all of this from back in 2017, 18, it was retracted by ESPN because it had so many false things in it. So many things that were wrong in the actual report that was published like, what, five years ago now that we've been waiting on this? Mm -hmm. So, look... There's a lot of details. I know not everybody's a college basketball fan. I know this doesn't matter to everybody. But as it relates to the city, I know it matters to a lot of people here. And it's a, it'll be a national story. I mean, this is a story that HBO did a documentary on. You know, the scheme. Look back at Christian Dawkins and the whole thing. I mean, that, like, there is just so much about this that if you really put the time and effort into understanding all of the facts of this case, it's not a surprise that he didn't get a, a suspension here. Now, I, yeah, go ahead. Does Louisville feel like I don't know, dumb for firing Rick Pitino? Because like, you know, I've thought about that. Right. I mean, like, I, what's it matter? I mean, you'll you get a slap on the wrist. Like they they thought they were doing the right thing for the program at the time, but it's clearly not the case. I, I, I've thought about that too. I, I just think that um, when you look at Louisville, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying before. Louisville. like Louisville, that's exactly Louisville. right. L Louisville. Uh, Louisville? Mouthful of marbles. Louisville. Uh, that they, they've just gone through so much as a program since Patino left and, and all the, the – there was always this cloud hanging over. Can they recruit? You know, can they not? What, what, if I'm a recruit here, am I going to get – you know, a penalty. And I think one huge thing, and I tweeted this earlier, one big thing from the NCAA, and again, um, the, or the, the committee that put this out, was that they said today in, the, in their report that they, uh, they were intentional and in not prescribing penalties that would have a negative impact on current student athletes. And I think that is a huge, huge line for the future of the NCAA because so many times we see teams that have penalties from like five years ago, the NCAA drags their feet, and then all of a sudden you have kids that were 13 years old when all of this started. They're the ones getting punished. Getting punished for something that they were in eighth grade when it first came out. And that's not right. That's not right. So the NCAA puts itself in a weird box to where they have two options. It's it's either punish kids who had nothing to do with it right. and get all the facts straight. So so get all the facts straight, take time, and then people that had nothing to do with it are the ones getting punished. Or two, act very swiftly and maybe not all the, have all the, the facts right and you might miss. But I think there's a so happy there's, medium where it doesn't take five years to figure this out. Yeah, it doesn't that's, take that's, five that, years. That's the real issue. It's the it's the it's the the lack of quickness when it comes to these accu accusations and the penalty that follows. It should not take more than a year to come down with whatever it may be with a penalty, and it, it, it's called bureaucracy, guys. Look it up. It's it, that that's all this is. I, I will I will tweet out a thread. I'll quote tweet it here in a minute. It is a thread detailing every single thing 
from that original ESPN report, and if you really boil it down, Aaron Torres has been on it for years. I quote tweeted him a little bit ago. If you really boil it down, the facts were just not there to back up anything about this case. Even even going back to the original huge story of paying DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, and if you're gonna pay a guy for being honest, you you do pay. I mean, give give credit if Sean Miller was paying guys. If you're gonna pay a guy, that's the guy you pay. I mean, he is a great player. Have yeah, you cheat, ever seen? Did you well? See, did you see how good DeAndre Ayton was when he was at Arizona? He's a hell of a player. So give give credit to Sean Miller for seeing guys. Now, Bill Self, on the other hand, he's out here paying, you know, uh, I don't even remember the guy's name because he didn't even play more than two games for Kansas. Now he's in trouble for paying some guy that didn't even play. But anyways, Come I on. digress. Listen, guys. chat, I appreciate it. We are back every day with Tom at 10 a.m. Our numbers have been growing. We appreciate it. We're going to continue to try to make this show bigger and better. If you have any suggestions, you can always let us know. In the meantime, we will be back. Box lunch portion of this show will be back on Friday. And in, in the meantime, enjoy your life. Yeah. That's what matters the most. See you guys. See you.